Hey, New Life, Ken Riley here. So glad to be sharing with you all today all over the world. I'm excited today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 20, looking at what it means for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. So let's say a quick prayer, and then we'll go ahead and jump right in. God, thank you so much for this time. God, I just pray now that you will remove every distraction, any hindrance that would stop us from hearing from you clearly. And we just believe there is a next step today. Let us hear that next step from you and obey. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In 1979, Mother Teresa wins the Nobel Peace Prize. And as she's handed the award, she says these words, and I quote, I chose the poverty of our poor people, but I am grateful to receive the Nobel Prize in the name of the hungry, the naked, the homeless, the crippled, the blind, the leper, all of those who feel unwanted. She goes on to say, those who feel unloved, those who feel uncared for, all of those throughout society, the people that have become a burden and are shunned by everyone. And as I read these words this week, I had to think in my own life and and in my own interaction in society, especially with all of the things that are going on today, do I see people as a burden? Maybe that's a question you can reflect on wherever you are. Are people a burden? Are there people in our society that we would classify as burdens? The unwanted, the unloved, those on the outside, those that when they come to our mind, there is an arm's distance. We can even take that a step further. Thinking about those that might be a burden, I wonder, even in our own families, Are there people that we would classify as a burden? Perhaps even living in our own household, those underneath our roof. If we're not careful, we can become so calloused and think that everybody around us is a burden. How do we navigate that? How do we deal with that? We're living in a world right now where it's hard, it's tough. It's rough, and maybe you may not see others as a burden, but because of all of the things that you have going on on the inside that nobody knows about, you suppress those things because you do not want to be a burden to somebody else. Dr. Gerald May in his book, Addiction and Grace, says if, we, if we're not careful and we suppress those things, we don't, if we don't suppress them, we attach them to something that's not healthy. And he calls that addiction. And I wonder how many of us are walking around suppressing what's really going on on the inside or attaching ourselves to something that is not healthy, all because we have a God-given desire to love and be loved. What do we do when life feels like a burden? I believe this, at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves the question, where do we find this compassion? If we have this God-given desire inside of us to love and be loved, where then do we find compassion? Where do you find compassion? Where do I find compassion? Who is it that I can go to to find compassion? In the midst of all of this 
social distancing and all of the isolation that we, we have to do. We have to be careful that this social distancing doesn't take deeper layers. We have to be careful that this social distancing doesn't move us away from compassion, that all of a sudden we don't go just from social distancing, but now there's emotional distancing. And I have an arm's distance around those, uh, those around me, and then it could go even deeper to say there is spiritual distancing. And I wonder, not only do we have social distancing, I'm wondering, uh, are those layers present in our society today? where people are emotionally and spiritually detached because of lack of compassion. I just believe this, that in the, in the midst of all this stuff going on and all of these fears and, and uncertainties, nobody should have to live a life disconnected from compassion. Nobody should have to live a life without experiencing what true compassion is. And let me be clear, I'm not talking about compassion that makes me feel good and then it disappears. I'm talking about as the New Testament defines compassion as that thing that happens on the inside where your insides actually begin to move. And based on what's happening on the inside and the love that you have inside of you from God, you take action to meet people right where they are. And I think that's the good news for us today. That we don't have to live a life disconnected. We don't have to live a life, a life callous. We don't have to live a, a hard, hearted life. We can live a life full of love. We can live a life full of compassion. But that compassion is not just for us. It flows through us to the world. In Matthew chapter 20, we see this compassion in action. Jesus is on the mission. He's doing his thing. He's training and teaching his disciples, modeling for them what it means to be compassionate. And Jesus shows us what compassion allows us to do. Jesus shows us the opportunities that compassion gives you and I today as we are the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. The first thing we see, you can write this down, that compassion allows us to do. Compassion, it allows us to speak up. Yeah, compassion gives us the opportunity to speak up. We'll pick the story up in Matthew chapter 20, verse 29. It says this, as Jesus and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind. Wherever Jesus is, there is a crowd. Two blind men were sitting beside the road when they heard that Jesus was coming by. I like that. First off, they heard. Scripture says faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What is it that you've heard about Jesus? What's the word on the street that you've gotten about Jesus? Is Jesus somebody that is compassionate? These two men hear that Jesus was coming by and they begin to speak up. Look what happens. They begin shouting. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Lord, son of David, have compassion on us. We've been a burden for too many years. We know that you represent something that's above our, and beyond our human condition. Have mercy on us. But to the crowd, these two blind men were a burden. Look what happens in verse 31. The crowd begins to say, be quiet. The crowd yelled at them. 
Here it is, these men address Jesus, and they tell them to be quiet by yelling. Perhaps they were making even more noise than the men were making. You're a burden. Don't bother him. Be quiet. But I love how when these men see compassion, they claim their voice, and they begin to speak up. Look what happens. But they only shouted louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. These men see compassion in action, and they claim their voice, and they begin to speak louder. And I don't know about you, but I believe this is a time in the body of Christ, followers of Jesus, where we have to claim our voice. This is not a time for us to be silent. This is not a time for us to sit on our hands and and wondering if we're saying things correct. All we need to make sure we're saying as loud as we can, Lord, have mercy. All the things going on in our culture, all of the things going on in our society, in our school systems, in our homes, we need your compassion. Lord, have mercy. Maybe you'll just take a second and say that with me. Lord, have mercy. Too many people don't have a voice. And when we have the compassion of God in our hearts and it goes through our hands, we can be a voice for those that don't have a voice and empower them to speak up. These two blind men speak up. They see compassion and they claim their voice But it doesn't stop there. The second thing that a compassion allows us to do, compassion allows us to stand still. It allows us to stand still. It it gives us the opportunity to slow down. Look what happens in verse 32. When Jesus heard them, he stopped. He stopped and he called and said, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus stops and says, what is it that you want me to do for you? And I don't know about you, but in the hustle and bustle of life, it's been so hard to slow down. It's been so hard to see people. It's been so hard to hear people. And perhaps we are in the season that we are in, not so that we can be quarantined, but perhaps so we can slow down and see and hear I think because of all of the hard things we have to navigate and the lack of compassion sometimes you and I can experience, we become desensitized, we become apathetic, and we just go through the motions, and God is saying, this is a season I'm calling my people to slow down, stop, look, there are needs in the community, there are people that are hurting, there are people that are broken, and as you and I, as we receive God's love, we get to look people in the eye and say, I am with you. There is hope. There is love. You don't have to do this thing alone. So Jesus, he stops. Just know he's stopping by your living room right now. He's stopping by that laptop. He's stopping by that iPhone, that cell phone. He's stopping by that smart device. Whatever it is, however you are tuning in right now, know that Jesus has stopped by. And he's full of compassion. These men say, Jesus asks them, what do you want me to do for you? And maybe you have that question today. Jesus, I I have some things that I've been praying for, I've been thinking through. And Jesus replies in verse 33, he says, I want to see. Jesus felt compassion for them, and he touched their eyes. Jesus had compassion and touches their eyes. And maybe you're here and you're saying, God, I want to see. 
God, I want to live. God, I need this. And God, I need that. And I've been praying, and heaven seems silent. And I know there is tension. Sometimes we pray for things, and God may not give it to us exactly how we want it. But man, in the meantime, one thing that we can get real time, even in this moment, is his compassion. And when I pray and receive the compassion of God, somehow that reorients my priorities. And as I follow that, I get the desires of my heart. Jesus is calling us to follow him. And these men, as they understand who Jesus is, Jesus has compassion. He touches their eyes and we see something very powerful instantly. They couldn't see. And I love this part, which gives us the third thing. They followed him. Compassion allows us to stay behind. These men just didn't get the blessing and said, okay, we're on our way. No, no, no. They, they tapped into this compassion of Jesus as Jesus touched their eyes and Jesus touches our eyes and our hearts and we begin to see things and we may be lost and now we're found and we might be blind, but now we see spiritually as Jesus touches us and the touch is not for us just to go on our own way and do our own thing. No, this touch of compassion that comes from Jesus is designed for us to do two things, follow him. Are you following him today? Because I know what it feels like to be empty. I know what it feels like to be aimless. And it's only the compassion of God as it showers our hearts and our minds. It gives us purpose. It gives us hope. It gives us meaning. And man, in the season that we're in right now, people are asking for meaning. They're asking for hope. They're asking for love. They're asking for compassion. And that's found in Jesus. That no matter what's going on inside of the world and inside of the culture, I can have this peace that passes all understanding. Why? Because I'm tapped into the compassion of Jesus. And that's what we've been called to share as his followers. Jesus shows us today that he's not concerned about all the peripheral things happening. He's concerned about you and I. And even though the situation and circumstance may not change, Jesus can still change our hearts so we can see the situation and circumstance through how he sees it and know that even in this season, we can be his hands and feet. Even in this season, we can do what he's called us to do. I love what Maya Angelou says. She says, when we give cheerfully and accept gratefully, everyone is blessed. When we give cheerfully and accept gratefully, everyone is blessed. Why? Because we're in this thing together. When we allow compassion to keep us behind those who are hurting, behind those that are broken, behind each other, you need to hear this. Through this season, we are in this thing together. We are rooting for each other. We have each other's back. And when we do that and give and receive cheerfully, we're blessed. And Frank says... Nobody ever became poor by giving. And I don't know what, where you are in your life right now. I don't know where you are in your heart and in your mind right now. You may be in a season in your life right now that feels empty, that feels broken, that feels compassionless. And in this moment, right now, with everything going on, you and I have a prime opportunity to receive this love from Jesus. Jesus. 
that changes everything. That makes all things new, makes all things possible. And there is hope. It starts with compassion. Jesus stands at the door and he is knocking. Harden not your heart, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of God, so we don't have to boast. No greater love than this, than a man to lay down his life for his friends. Because of the compassion of Jesus, you and I are friends of God. No longer enemies, no longer slaves, no longer barbarians, no longer on the outside, no longer a burden, no longer unwanted. We all belong. Why? Because of the compassion that Jesus had on the cross. Today's a day we get to tap into that and know that the compassion is not just for us, but it's a compassion that we receive and we, uh, we share that and we are the hands and feet of Jesus and he gets the glory and everyone can come and say, what can I do to tap into this compassion that changes everything? And so an action step I want you to write down, unleash compassion. Maybe you're in a season where you just need to slow down. Maybe you're in a season where you need to speak up, or maybe there's a season where you need to stay behind and know that God has called you to push others forward, to lead from the back and be his hands and feet as Jesus is there for us. And I'm so thankful that God is not asking us to do something that he did not do first. I'm so glad that Jesus spoke up on my behalf when sin had me destined for doom. And Jesus said, no, I love Ken that much and he loves you that much that he spoke up on the cross and said, Father, forgive him because he doesn't even know what he's doing. And then that compassionate Jesus stood still long enough. He stood still long enough for me to get my act together and know that I need a savior for me to understand that I cannot do this on my own. And he's standing still for you in this moment saying, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. That's the compassion we have an opportunity to tap into, this compassion that stayed behind me and held me up in those moments when I was weak. Because then he says, when I am weak, then he is strong. That's compassion. And we have an opportunity right now to receive that, not just for ourselves, but for this world. We are the body of Christ. Jesus said, let your light so shine. In this moment, wherever you are, would you open your heart and your mind to receive God's love? And I've learned this about compassion. I'm not just exclusively blessed by what I receive. I'm blessed by what I give. I'm blessed because God gave first. As John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's compassion. I want to pray with you. Would you just put your hand forward wherever you are? If you're driving, keep both hands on the steering wheel. But wherever you are right now, I just want to touch and agree virtually. I just believe that we're in this thing together. And I just want to pray, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you, Jesus, that we are not a burden, that we are not unloved, we are not unwanted, we're not pushed to the outside, but in this moment, we can speak up and say, Lord, have mercy. 
We've messed up, we've made mistakes, we've missed it. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for standing still and standing behind us with your compassionate love and mercy. And so God, we receive that right now. And God, as we receive that, let us not just receive it for ourselves, but let that compassion flow through everything we do, God, that we can unleash compassion in our community. Even during this time, I'm believing, God, that the most needs are going to be met. I'm believing, God, that people are going to be activated on what you are calling them to do. And I believe it all starts with compassion because you are compassionate to us. We receive it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, new life. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you as we worship together. We'll see you soon.